0: How to get more clicks without ranking higher with Dan Petrovich from Dejan Marketing. Brought to you by Majestic. I'm David Bain. And this is SEO in 2022. Dan, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022?
1: Well, I'll be very brief and to the point CTR optimization Get on it, research it, see what it's all about. Of course, I'll get into more more details as to what it is and what it does. Um, that's the whole purpose of this session. But um, basically, um, something that is a norm in paid search is something that people hardly do in SEO and is one of the single most um, underutilized tactics um, that you could do. So I propose um, for not just next year but starting this year, Uh, for people to really dive into their search console and check out what's going on in their click-through rates and start asking questions. Why is this click-through rate really high? Why is this one really low? And what can I do with that information? Um, And uh, the key is in finding anomalies. Once you find an anomaly, you can do wonderful things with it.
0: So why have SEOs not really taken advantage of this before? Is it because the data really hasn't been available or is it because perhaps it's just been easier just to rank new keywords higher? It's the mindset because it's free. If you were paying for that click,
1: you would scrutinize the title. You would scrutinize the description. You would scrutinize the competition. You would really try to squeeze every click you can get out of that ad uh, by improving that click-through rate. But if you um, have an organic result, people think it's, uh, it's God-given, it's granted, you know. We're just there. Mm. Um, let's rank higher. That's the, that's the mentality. Let's push it, oh, we're ranking number three. What, what can happen if we push it to number two or number one? Well, I can tell you I've seen situations where um, something increased in rank and lost click-through rates and let me translate that something went up in rankings and lost clicks because it had a higher click-through rate on the last position than the second last position so um, and we've seen we've seen studies uh, done by numerous bloggers and SEOs that, that propose and what an average click-through rate is for, for rank 1, for 2 all the way through to 10 and they think okay well that's the model I should be using to find out uh, what, what an average CTR is, where well, the truth is a lot more complicated. Um, two reasons two main reasons, there's a lot of reasons to that, but um, two big ones. Are Google's results are not just 10 results anymore. The user behavior on the search results page is not linear. They don't, the eyes are not going in the F letter F um, sort of pattern. Uh we're not going from top down and slowly scanning, moving our way down the It's more like a pinball machine now. our eyes are darting around, going here, going there there's There's all sorts of interesting and shiny things that people would like to click on and Google's not helping us um they're helping the user by providing more direct answers um you know there are there are zero click queries. Where people ask for weather and the weather shows up on the results page, and that's that. You get the sports sports results. Um, all sorts of um, information can be presented like that. Lyrics. Um, so, all these special search features tend to um, distract users and take away from your from your clicks. So, as part of understanding of the whole process, you also need to consider whether um, something has the low click-through rate is because that you did something or is it something that Google did? Um, For example did you write a bad meta description or do you have an uninteresting title or is it just that um, Google has something shiny next to you Um, and there's nothing you can do to improve your situation in that um, in that particular uh, search configuration. So that's uh, that, that's a little bit of depth that we just touched on as to how, how CTR works.
0: So in, in, in general, what does a great title and meta description look like that will encourage a high CTR?
1: Well, we've so far discovered a number of things, but the primary thing is that um, people don't read online online. Um, I've, d- I've done this research several times, um, I can share the study with you, we've, we've surveyed uh, thousands of people over the, over the years, and we found that people don't read, people scan, skim, and um, just like when they land on an article, uh, they don't read the whole article most of the time, they do the same thing with, uh, with the search results. So, things that you have available to you to create an interesting um, snippet is to have them brief, concise, to the point, and have some of the power words that tend to resonate within your um, audience. Some of those things could be titles phrased as questions, some of them are a little bit clickbaity and there are like a trend that will fizzle out. Um in the movie industry, for example, you have um, the current trend is you need to watch and then whatever movie title mm-hmm. or the description of the genre ASap and you can see that you know every um, website that uh, does movies is copying or reviews is copying the same format you need to watch xYz asap um, and so this is something that they've intercepted that works really well. So this one is an instructional title that, that is telling people what to do. Go mm. check this out. Stop what you're doing now and go, click on the, and go watch this movie. So um, that's, that's a call to action. Uh, of course, you have um, your whole meta description, uh, which gives a little bit extra information. You have your rich snippets schema available to you to um, use all the, uh, all the wonderful uh, extra um, frills to your regular um, snippets, but um, some of the other things that people don't always don't always consider are uh, perhaps SERP geometry. Um, let's say everyone's packing their search results, their snippets with lots of content and text. If you suddenly have a very brief two-word title and a one-sentence meta-description, you now have a lot of negative space around you. You're standing out. So you actually create breathing space, visual breathing space around your snippet, having more focus towards, um, towards your snippet. So uh, those are just some examples. Um, but the true key to finding out what the right um, thing to do with your, with your snippets is to have a look at your data. There's no other way to see it because one website is different to the other and there are different industries, different purposes Website. A single website could have different rules for a good CTR. You could be on uh, information pages, evergreen content, blog content or product pages, e-commerce product pages or category pages. They all behave very differently and people may have different behaviors um, when they're they're browsing different things because they'll have different intents. Then we have things like seasonality. Uh, You're a florist. You know which days are big for you. And the user behaviors will change uh, during those times as well.
0: I love the fact that an SEO conversation nowadays involves great copywriting principles as well. So it's not just about the technical aspects of SEO or how many keyword phrases you, you can get into your title or your meta description or your page copy. Is it still necessary to have a target keyword phrase within the page title at the moment?
1: Well, this is something you need to be careful. When you're optimizing your snippet for better click-through rate, you have to ensure that your um, keywords that you want to rank for are in the title because that's one of the most um, obvious signals to Google. Like if, if you think about okay, you're a search engine, and you land on a page, you're crawling the page, and then in the title of that page, in the title of the document, you don't mention something. Well, that's a signal that that something is not as important to you as it could be. So you still want to follow those traditional SEO rules when writing, um, but something that you said is like copywriting is super important. Um, and you know, micro-copywriting is super important. Crafting, fine crafting your titles and descriptions is really, really important i i obsess over my titles and descriptions i sometimes i will spend half an hour on a single snippet writing the title rewriting it changing my mind and then when i'm finally happy with it i run a test i don't i don't just trust it i test it and i compare before and after so basically, if I've had a snippet with the title A and description A and I've changed it to title B and description B, I'm now measuring period of 30 days to another period of 30 days from before and after when I changed the snippet and when Google picked it up in the results. So I'm then measuring the impact of my idea, what I thought was a great idea to improve the click-through rate to see if it actually makes any difference. Um, and typically it does make a difference but sometimes it's a negative so you could actually ruin your click-through rate by attempting to improve it so that's something important uh, that we need to keep uh, keep in mind. Roll it out, test it, compare it one thing when you're testing your click-through rates don't compare um, uh, your data on position 1 and position 2 it has to be position 1 to position 1, position 2 to position 2 during that period of time. So, we're comparing A and B over segmented positions. Obviously, uh, position 1 and 2 uh, will have different click-through rates by default because of the uh, selection bias. So, um, why am I talking about position 1, 2, and 3? Because you will appear on position 1, 2, and 3, and 7 during that te- uh, period of time. Maybe not to yourself but to other users you will because they might be on a different device uh, located in a different um, part of the world uh, or use a different language in their query. And all that will influence or or they might be influenced uh, by their prior browsing history. So so what Uh, software do
0: you use to do this and how do you identify the time periods that have the correct positions that you can actually take the data to use?
1: Well, the the main software that I use is Google Search Console because that's really the only thing that uh, gives you the actual real um, query data. So I start with that. And my, you know, many years ago when I started this methodology, this this framework, um, I used Excel. So I would um, import all the queries from Search Console into a spreadsheet, and I would um, use formulas to plot a uh, CTR curve and CTR curve informs me what an average click-through rate for each position is which I can then run against um, uh, the actual position and see if it uh, deviates above or below the expectation so later on uh, because I do this all the time for all my clients um, uh, I just went and developed my own software uh, which now sits under algoru.com. so it's a special URL u.algoru.com I'll send you a link afterwards, um, and I know that uh, um, a good friend from Germany, Marcus, uh, who has software right, mm-hmm. um, and they've actually implemented uh, CTR um, uh, element to their software as well, um, which I'm about to test drive and run a little session to see how it uh, compares to my own framework. So these are the these are the three. So you've got. Excel, you've got Alguru, and you've got Write. Um, those are the current choices, and perhaps there are some other uh, other tools out there that I'm unaware uh, that do the same the same job. But the main thing is you can literally do this for free, uh,
0: assuming you're fairly competent at spreadsheets. And that was Marcus Tandler, of course. You were you were talking about there. Now yes. you're you're talking about wanting to improve improve your click through rate. So say if you're ranking number three and you end up having a 10% click-through rate, and the position number two is actually getting a 5% click-through rate. If everything else is the same, will Google end up ranking you higher because of your click-through rate?
1: Well, Google uses um, click-through rate to learn and, trade and train their systems. Um, but they have a layer of protection against um, CTR real-time CTR manipulation. So if I just pay 100,000 people to... Um, uh, click on something instead of something else. Um, Google's going to find that a little bit, a little bit suspicious. Um, so I would say that they're using that more of as a, as a training, as a training mechanism. But whether they use uh, click-through rate as a as a algorithmic signal, oh yes, they do. Um, every search engine does. I mean, if you if you had a if if you started up a brand new search engine, CTR would be one of your primary. Um, Metrics to inform of user behavior on the on the Uh, but now Google has uh, Android. They have Chrome. They have um, analytics. They have all sorts of wonderful. Even fiber optics connections. They know what's going on. They can. They they have their finger on the pulse when it comes to web traffic. Um, So for them, it's uh, it's a very robust uh, set of signals that they use for for ranking. So I wouldn't worry about. Um, using CTR to sort of change the rankings but I will be I'll be quite interested in you know looking at uh, averages to detect anomalies and attach your ROI to different ranking scenarios so the wonderful thing about uh, working out potential of traffic you can squeeze out of extra click-through rate is that you can not just do that you can also model your ranking projections based on increase in the rank itself which is outside of the scope of this conversation but you can use the same CTR data to model and say okay well I'm ranking number three at this spot assuming no CTR is changed if I move one position up you know exactly what your CTR um, rate will be um, on average so you can project the traffic gains uh, on the rank based scenario which is separate from the CTR increase scenario. So So um, if you do a clever little thing by importing all your um, Google uh, keywords from the ads campaigns and all the non-ranking keywords, you can project for the things you don't rank for, what they will do if they rank using your CTR uh, model. So um, finally, attaching your average order uh, value and if you say, for example, if you're an e-commerce website, um, if you attach an average average order value and uh, average conversion rate, you, that's that's a rudimentary ROI study where you can make projections and inform your decisions based on um, how much money you will make if you achieve certain scenarios, whether it be CTR optimization or ranking gain, um, and that can inform whether you invest in content and reach pages. Now if we go one step further than that, we were so far focused on um, certain keywords, queries that people type in. Now if you do a clever thing by mapping all the queries to the same URL that they belong to, you can then create a cumulative score of all the potential of the CTR lost for that URL by the sum of, its, by, by the sum of all its lost CTR across all its keywords. I know it sounds a little bit chewy as a, as a concept, but effectively you're summarizing your, your CTR gains and losses per URL level rather than just looking at single keywords by grouping all the keywords to the URL, which is what we do always, we, we do keyword mapping, we do URL mapping, so this is a familiar concept but just in the context of ROI calculations. So now you're, you're facing a client who is facing their boss, the decision maker. And instead of just talking vague SEO improvements and SEO hygiene and crawling and this and that, you're saying, you, you're showing f- financial outcomes, you're showing figures, your projections. And so ROI studies based on um, solid data can be really, really valuable to um, release cash when it's needed to do more SEO work, whether it be content or outreach or technical and so forth.
0: So if an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time focusing in on click-through rates in 2022?
1: People tend to obsess over link acquisition. And I've seen too many people earn links or make links or buy links towards blog pages or whatever, homepage. where in fact the links should be going towards the product pages, the pages you, wanna, you want to rank. But they're really difficult. Um, and I'm going to circle back to branding. If you if you're, um, um, want to improve your click-through rate, you could, you could rewrite all your titles, you could, you could do clever things. But guess what? Uh, a web user is on the search, re- search results page and they are going through the list, suddenly they have a familiar brand in the list. That is the single most overriding factor, when somebody will decide. When they, Let's say uh, there's a whole lot of unknowns, and suddenly there's an Airbnb. What are they going to do? They're going to click on Airbnb, because they're familiar with it, they know there's trust behind it. So there's a whole range of benefits, when it comes to CTR. So if you weren't busy with CTR, you should definitely invest in branding because you'll improve your CTR. Same thing you said just now, um, things that, and and I answered with link building. Guess what? If you improve your brand, you'll get more traction out of link building. Because if you reach out to somebody
0: and they recognize your brand, they'll be more willing to interact with you. Great thoughts, great advice. And I know how, uh, I, I think, how everything links back to the original conversation and, and click-through rate is, is is wonderful as well. If if you see an Amazon result, obviously, if you're looking to buy something and you've got an Amazon account, you're highly likely to click on that particular result. So, wonderful points. Dan, we could carry on this conversation for a long time, I'm sure. But I'm just going <laughs> to say, look, you, you can find Dan Petrovich over at dejanmarketing.com. Dan, thank you so much for being part of SEO in 2022 absolute pleasure. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at SEOin2022.com.